Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Keto Fit Weight Loss Coaching for Women. Today, we are going to be talking about selfishness versus self-love. How can you tell whether something is being selfish or whether something is actually self-love? So we're gonna dig into that today. We're continuing our series on setting boundaries, particularly breaking down some of the reasons why we don't set boundaries. So um, thank you again so much for tuning in with me. My name is Jess and I'm a weight loss coach for women. I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. I'm glad you're tuning in with me live on Instagram this morning. Welcome. And if you're listening later on the podcast, which is the self-care keto podcast, thank you for tuning in then as well. So again, we're going to be talking about selfishness versus self-love today. So why are we talking about this? Isn't this um, about losing weight with keto? How does this relate? Well, we do a lot of mindset work um, as in coaching together. So Remember that we are very layered individuals. And so a lot of times when we're setting a weight loss goal for ourselves, we tend to just focus on the outermost layers. So we want to change our results. And so the layer right below our results is our behavior. And so, so often we just stay at these two levels. If I change my behavior, I will get different results. And yes, that is absolutely true. But how many times have you failed, you know, at sticking with changing your behavior long-term? It only lasts about as long as our willpower. So remember that we are very layered. There's lots more layers underneath our behavior, and that includes our thoughts and our feelings. And then at the very core of us lies our beliefs. And so in order to change our behavior long-term, we actually have to go all the way down to the core and change our beliefs surrounding that. So that's what I love to do with the clients that I work with is actually get all the way down to the belief level and realize, okay, what is the toxic belief or the limiting belief or the untrue belief that we're actually holding onto here so that we can just gain awareness of that, gain some self-compassion around that, ask ourselves, is this really true? Do I really believe this? And then once we can um, make progress in that area and hold on to a new belief that we do believe is true, then that's going to effortlessly and naturally affect all the other layers. It's going to change our thoughts. It's going to change our feelings. It's going to change our behaviors and it's going to change our results long-term. So have you ever wondered if something is selfish versus self-love? Let's dig into that. Um, we've been talking about setting boundaries as a way to reduce emotional eating. I've been eating keto for about eight years now, and keto helped me so, so, so much to change what I was eating when I would emotionally eat. I have struggled with emotional eating my entire life. If you are a human, you probably have too, because every single person, I don't care who you are, you have emotionally eaten at one point or another, and that's okay. That's actually normal. It's a normal part of being human. And it, it can be very self-soothing to have food when we are... Um, experiencing either a positive or a negative emotion. It can be a way to celebrate. It could be a way to numb. It could be a way to self-soothe. Um, so if you have ever struggled with emotional eating, give me a heart right now. Thank you guys. Um, so the way that I actually reduced my emotional eating was not with keto. Uh, again, keto actually helped me to change the foods that I was eating. So instead of eating total garbage, um, I was eating foods instead that actually blessed my body. Hey, uh, Garth David, hey to you, I see your message. Thank you for being here. So guys, if you have any questions uh, that you wanna talk about, uh, drop it in the live stream as we're chatting here. 
So again, keto helped me to change what I was eating. So instead of eating foods like just awful for me, inflammatory foods, I instead started eating foods that actually blessed my body. So I was having some whole food treats, you know, when I needed to, when I felt the need to soothe with food. And that was so transformational because you're trying to make yourself feel better when you emotionally eat. But if you're eating foods that are gonna make you feel awful, then you have failed at making yourself feel better. Maybe for just a minute, you feel a little bit better. And then as surely, you know, right after that, now you're feeling awful, disgusting. You're feeling guilt. You're feeling shame. You're feeling physically uncomfortable. And this can last, you know, the whole next day. And then you repeat it over and over and over again. So I realized that for me, although keto really helped me to make a lot of progress in that area, there were still some mindset issues that I really needed to deal with in order to reduce my emotional eating. And so I started making a pact with myself that every time I would emotionally eat, I would have a little meeting with myself. I would sit down, I would bust out my journal, and I would start to inquire and go a little bit deeper. What was the unmet need? what was I actually feeling in that moment that I was trying to numb or stop feeling or soothe? So what was the emotion? What did I actually need instead in that moment? Because the food was just a substitute, right? So what was the real unmet need? How can I prevent myself from feeling this way again in the future? Because we all, we emotionally eat over and over and over again because we're feeling the same negative feelings over and over and over again. So what can we do to help ourselves to stop getting in those cycles of negative emotions? Is it guilt? Is it anger? Is it exhaustion? Is it frustration? Um, you know, whatever it might be that you're continuing to feel over and over and over again. Well, why are we feeling that way? Probably because there's an unmet need or an unset boundary in our lives. So how do you know where you need to set a boundary? Ask yourself, where do I feel resentment? in my life. And that is a sure indicator of a place that you need to set up a boundary. So I started doing this work with myself and that is truly what helped me to reduce my emotional eating. I don't want to use the word overcome. I don't want to say stop because I think that's pretty unrealistic to think that we will never emotionally eat again or that we've conquered it forever and ever. That's not real. That's that's not even a good goal to aim for because that's perfection, right? And there's no such thing as perfection. So, but I've made so much progress in this area by asking myself, what is the unmet need or what is the unset boundary and starting to set up boundaries in my life. So the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about reasons why we don't set boundaries. And so I'll let you guys go back and listen to the podcast or check out previous episodes if you're interested in hearing more about the first couple of reasons. Um, but today I wanna talk about this big lie that I hear people say over and over and over again. Well, it's selfish. And particularly if you are a woman, I feel like, we are more socially conditioned to never, ever, ever be selfish. Like the epitome of like being a good wife and mother is to just be so selfless and to basically be like a martyr and put everybody else's needs above yourself. And I'm not saying that men don't feel this way, um, but I feel like it's very pronounced because it's um, it's basically like part of the ideal feminine image is to be selfless, to have no needs of your own and to just be able to give, give, give. But there's so many women that are doing this over and over again. And at the end of the day, you're feeling so exhausted. You're feeling so resentful. You're feeling so um, like your needs are not being met. And so what we do at that point is we try to take it for ourselves. And instead of giving ourselves what we need, now we're taking what we need. And a lot of times this shows up as emotional eating. So how do you know if something is selfish versus self-love, self-loving? Well, it's all about the energy because I think that 
basically you could do the same exact action and that action could be rooted in selfishness or that action could be rooted in self-love. And so how can you tell the difference? So let's compare just for a second, let's set aside selfishness and let's choose something different. So a lot of times it's easier to process something if you can think of it in, in another example, how does it show up? So there's this idea of jealousy, right? And so can jealousy be good or, or is jealousy always bad? I had a client the other day that I was working with and she told me that she's about to take a road trip. And I was like, oh, very cool, where are you going? What are you doing? And she said that spontaneously, she and her husband saw Carrie Underwood tickets on sale and that they decided to buy them and they're gonna take a road trip to go to this concert. And I was so excited for her. I was like, oh my God, I'm so jealous. And so, you know, is that positive or is that negative? Like that is actually really positive because I'm admiring that. I'm saying, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I want that too. So envy, or maybe we would use this old word covetousness is to say, not to say I want that too, but to say, I want that instead of you. So I want what you have. I want to take that away from you and give that to me. That is the negative form of jealousy, which is envy. There's like an element of greed to it. And you know, the actual lie behind that is that life is a zero sum game. That if you get that thing, I do not get that thing. And that's absolutely not true. You know, the, there's there's abundance. There's plenty to go around. I could, you know, scroll through social media and, you know, compare myself to other coaches and think to myself, okay, if, you know, Shana does, if Shana gets a client, I do not get that client, right? Okay, well, that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm screwed and that there's not enough to go around. There are so many people that need to be helped. And so if I look at life from an abundance mindset instead of from a scarcity mindset, then I won't feel the negative version of jealousy or envy or greed when I'm looking at this other person's, you know, Instagram following. I'll say, wow, good for them. I want to be like them. I want that too for myself instead of I want to take what they have and give it to me instead. So I think we can relate to this feeling of like good jealousy versus bad jealousy. Or, you know, if we want to call good jealousy, jealousy, and we want to use a different word like envy um, or covetousness for the negative form of it. Now let's go back to this idea of selfishness versus self-love. So again, is it about scarcity or is it about abundance? So self-love is abundant. There's plenty to go around. Just because I take care of myself doesn't mean that I'm not taking care of you as a result. They are not mutually exclusive. Just because I care for myself doesn't mean that I'm putting me above you. It's just that I matter too. So I'm taking care of myself and I'm taking care of you because you're a person that I care about. And so, yeah, are there times in life when you actually have to make a hard decision? Yes, but usually those things are not as black and white as we think that they might be or as big of a deal as we think that they might be. We can take care of more than one person. Does anybody, is anybody a parent that has more than one kid? Like, and were you absolutely terrified when you had kid number two? Like, how, how am I possibly going to love another person? Well, your, your heart expands, your heart grows. Um, I felt that way when I was pregnant and I just was so terrified. Like, how am I going to love another person? Is it going to take love away from my husband to now love this child? The answer is no. Your heart expands because love is expansive. Fear is contracting. And so ask yourself, how do you know if it's selfishness or self-love? Well, if it's selfish, then it's going to feel like fear. It's going to feel like contracting. It's going to feel like, um, you know, 
I need to take this for myself. Self-love is expansive, loving, and it's feeling like giving something to yourself. So this idea of taking something versus giving something is something that I see show up a lot because um, in myself and then with the women that I work with. So we give, 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 and we don't intentionally give anything to ourselves. We don't set aside that time for self-care. We're not putting in the... um, putting in the self-care work of planning out our meals and saying, this is what I'm going to eat today Um, or whatever it might be that you need to practice for self-care, scheduling time in your planner for you to take that walk or go to that class that you want to go to or read that book or whatever it is that is self-care behavior. If we don't intentionally give that to ourselves and instead we just give, give, give to everybody else, then at the end of the day, we are going to take what we need instead of giving ourselves what we need. And again, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of times this shows up as emotional eating. We get this thing in our head, have you ever felt like this? We, we think to, your, um, to ourselves, oh, I deserve this, right? And you know what? You do deserve this in the sense that you deserve self-care. You deserve to feel good. You deserve to feel like you're a priority, that you matter too. So you do deserve it, but if you can be proactive about giving yourself what you need, then you won't find yourself stealing what you need. This can apply to food. This can apply to taking time for yourself. Um, I recently read this article. It came out during the pandemic and it like went viral with the New York Times. And I think that it's um, the Chinese created this word for when people um, stay up way too late um, and they call it like revenge bedtime behavior or whatever, because basically like, you felt like you gave to everybody else the entire day and now you have no time left for yourself. And so instead of going to bed at a reasonable time and getting enough hours of sleep to feel like a happy you know, person the next day, instead you just stay up till like 3 a.m. taking that time for yourself instead of being more proactive and asking yourself the question like, what am I doing with my life? How can I create more time? You know, Do I really wanna be working 60 hours a week or whatever it might be? So if we could be proactive, then that can be self-love as opposed to reactive when wow, we're in this negative place of just like, oh, there's nothing left. There's not enough to go around. I have to take, take, take for myself. So when we go into the red like that, um, so because we, we've spent absolutely everything on everybody else and now we literally have nothing left to spend on ourselves. So we take it. It's like we go into the red instead of being in the black. And that just robs us of our goals And it could be a self-defeating cycle that we get in over and over again. So we talked about where do you need to set boundaries? If you are not really sure where that is, ask yourself, where do I feel resentment? Where do I feel anger? Um, What is an unmet need that I have? What is an unset boundary that I might have? And just kind of lean into that and see what you can uncover. And, you know, sometimes it's a very real thing that you will have to make a choice between letting somebody else down or letting yourself down and letting other people down is very difficult and it will lead to guilt. You will feel guilty about that when you say no to somebody and that's okay. Um, it's not something to run away from because the flip side is if you let yourself down, that will lead to resentment and that leads to self-betrayal basically and a lack of self-trust. And if you can't trust yourself, then you know that's going to create such a, a way more miserable life than letting somebody else down. 
you can make it up to people. You can make more deposits into the relationship if you have to make a withdrawal. Re remember that, you know, it's like a bank account in any relationship in your life. You're going to make deposits and you're going to make withdrawals. If you are just, you know, if you need to tell your kid, I'm sorry, I can't play with you tonight. Well, the relationship isn't bankrupt because of that. Um, you can make more deposits. You can recover from that. And even if you do feel, do feel guilty, you'll be able to overcome that. But resentment, that is way more difficult to overcome because that requires forgiving yourself as opposed to forgiving somebody else. And that can be way more difficult to do. It requires building up trust within yourself again. And the only way to do that is to stop letting yourself down. So little by little, we need to keep those small promises to ourselves to build that trust back up. And you know, the number one regret of people who are dying, and this is from um, the top, the top, um, is it the top five regrets of the dying? Brownie Ware wrote this amazing book about it. And of course you could just Google this. I think it's the top five regrets of the dying. But the number one regret is, I wish I lived a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. Like, wow, how telling is that? That that is the number one thing that people regret when they get to the end of their lives. And this is exactly what we're talking about. Self-love self-care, you know, we, we think that the solution to living, you know, a life that we're proud of is just to constantly be a martyr and to put ourselves on the back burner. No, when you get to the end of your life, you'll regret not being true to yourself. You'll regret not taking care of yourself. You'll regret not prioritizing your goals and your dreams and your desires. And again, remember, these things are not mutually exclusive. Just because you take care of yourself does not mean that you fail at taking care of other people. There's enough to go around. You love yourself and you love other people. A boundary allows you to love both yourself and other people at the same time. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in with me this morning. We've talked about reason number three, why we don't set boundaries, why we think it's because we think it's selfish to set boundaries. And next week, we're going to be covering the last reason um, in our series about why we don't set boundaries. And it's going to be the fact that we have low self-worth. So I'm going to be digging into that next Wednesday at 9 a.m. I hope that you guys can tune in with me again or um, listen to the episode of the podcast. If you can't make it live, you can listen on the self-care keto podcast. That's self-care keto podcast. So I just wanted to let you guys know about some exciting opportunities to check out totally for free. Um, if you're not following me over on Clubhouse, I would love for you to. I'm at the Keto Fit over on Clubhouse and I actually do free group coaching most Wednesdays. Not going to be doing it today. I just got back into town and I think everybody's trying to play catch up from the Memorial Day long weekend, but we'll be back um, next Wednesday at noon over on Clubhouse. So, um, but for now, just go ahead and if you are on Clubhouse, give me a follow at The Keto Fit and stay tuned on my social media on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at The Keto Fit and I'll be announcing when I'm going to be doing those free group coaching sessions. I also have a free download that I would love to help you out with if you need some free help with keto. It's a free keto kickstart guide. And if you would like to get a copy of that, just send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. Again, I'm at the keto fit. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, or you can send me an email to the keto fit at gmail.com. And I will send you that free guide. It has 47 recipes to get you started on your journey. And it also has an explanation of what keto is and um, what foods to stick with and what foods to avoid, things like that. So I'd love to hook you up with that freebie. And let's see, 
what else? Oh, okay. So I have a free curiosity call for anybody that might be interested in working with me one-on-one -on -one as a um, coaching client. So I do have one-on-one -on -one openings available right now if you are interested. And on that free curiosity call, it'll take about 20 to 30 minutes and we will get to know each other a little bit better. I'd love to hear your story and learn about your goals and talk about how I can help. But regardless, if you want to move forward with coaching or not, I would love to give you some free advice about keto um, because I know that it can be really overwhelming out there. Um, there's so much information. Sometimes it seems conflicting. Um, things can be really confusing, like about macros or dirty keto or clean keto or um, paleo or, you know, all these things that there's just so much information out there, right? So I'm glad that you are in my community because that means that for some reason you're resonating with me and um, the way that I approach it. So I'm really, really glad, really grateful for you. Um, that's my best advice is when you feel totally overwhelmed with all of the information out there, just try to pick one or two people that you really resonate with and just stick with them and see how you can grow and take baby steps. So guys, I would love to talk with you. If you're interested in setting up a free curiosity call, you can just send me a direct message. And I think that's about it. Thank you so much for tuning in with me, guys. Um, if there's any questions that I can answer, you know, I'm available to answer um, keto questions for free or if you have a question about mindset stuff or anything that we've talked about today, I'd love to be in touch with you. And um, I love giving free advice. Advice is always free. Um, but if you're interested in digging deeper than that and really working with a coach to, um, like we talked about before, going down those layers, um, getting to the core beliefs and changing that so that your self-care behavior flows in alignment and effortlessly and enjoyably. That is um, the sweet sauce. That is like what I love doing with people. So just reach out if you're interested and I'd love to talk with you. Guys, I'll be back with you next Wednesday and I hope you have a fantastic week. Take care.